Hi, I'm Mike Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me are two men side-scrolling their way back from the Mushroom Kingdom. It's Shane Beauregard. What's up? Hang Chris Brodell. We're hitting the pipe. No, pipes. wait a minute. Pipes. pipes. Plural. Plural. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're all warped out already. It hasn't even started yeah. yet. I love it. In this episode, we are going right back to the 80s. Uh, some I don't know why I did some odd radio <laughs> DJ voice thing. I don't know. It's like I didn't live in the 80s. I just somehow picked some cartoonish thing to do. All right, let's go back to <laughs> 1985. Um, I don't know what that is anymore, but I know what we are doing in this episode. We're going to talk about the video games of the 80s and the movies that have been created recently about them. It is going to be Tetris a little bit later, the new Taron Edgerton movie on Apple TV+. And up front... We are going to be the old old man in the room, the big dad energy of Super Mario Brothers movie that made all the money, I think, over the weekend. Uh, I don't think they left a dime for anybody else in the world making $375 million uh, over the weekend, including 204 mil domestic. That is insane. Um, Marvel that- money, son. It is. Uh, it's a lot of mushrooms to buy. So um, thank God I was on mushrooms while we were watching it, though. It made for a much more pleasurable experience. Um, just don't have the blue ones. They make you feel small. Then your kids have to drive you home. It's a very weird thing. <laughs> but <laughs> this was the big thing over the weekend. Um, scores are as expected, where you know critics are all up their butts about it, you know, like they were never a child playing an eight-bit game before, and then uh, you know the audiences enjoyed it. They had their nostalgia fill, and we'll see how we feel about it, of course. Uh, but just to give you those scores: seven point four IMDb, three point five Letterbox. 57 Rotten Tomatoes score, 96% Rotten Tomato audience score, and a 47 meta score. Yikes. Um, This, of course, is the adaptation from years of Mario games uh, that has been for, what, now through almost 40 years at this point? Uh, Movies about a Brooklyn plumber named Mario. Ever heard of him? Uh, who travels through the Mushroom Kingdom with a princess named Peach and an anthropomorphic mushroom named Toad to find Mario bro- Mario's brother Luigi and to save the world from a ruthless, fire-breathing Koopa named Bowser. Um, this has the voice talent of Chris Pratt as Mario, Charlie Day as Luigi, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess princess peach i'm not gonna get that right it's too too much of the peas there uh jack black as bowser seth rogan as donkey kong keegan michael key as toad and fred armison as cranky kong uh this is directed there's like four different directors listed but there's two that are kind of the mainstays there aaron horvath and michael jelinek who both worked on teen titans go to the movies as well as other teen titans go stuff and this is written by Matthew Fogel, who uh, has written multiple kind of like family films before, including Minions, Rise of Gru, recently. So without further ado, guys, this was a big 80s weekend, as I mentioned. Even my kids uh, were like, hey, uh, we were over at our friend's house, and they were playing like an 80s station, and we like 80s music now. I'm like, oh, great, <laughs> cool. And now <laughs> I just started playing uh, 80s music all weekend. Um, and of course there is some in this movie as well. So let's get into it. Chris, 
I know uh, your daughter uh, did yes. her own review that you posted on Instagram under your arguing with myself yep. uh, moniker there. How did she feel about How was the whole experience? I want to know the experience stuff first because for us as dads, this movie could mm-hmm. be hell on earth or it could be like, wow, I feel everything right now because it's like my child self sitting next to my child self. So how was it for you? So uh, a little backstory. I'm not huge on games. Okay. But I grew up with Super Mario Brothers. I know all the controversy uh, that came along with this movie with Chris Pratt being cast as Mario. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I still don't understand it. Maybe you guys can explain it to me, No, but <laughs> she, uh, she had no interest in this movie, but a little turn of, uh, you know, events was she dragged me to, was it dominion Jurassic mm. world dominion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I dragged her to this. Right. And so. uh, for the most part, she liked it. She liked everything about it until towards the end. She was like, this is long. Is it over yet? I was like, yeah, no, it is long. Um, <laughs> 90 but, minutes. <laughs> well, you know, if, for a child, 90 minutes is, you know, a three-hour epic. Yeah, how long is um, Dominion? 220? She's into that. She's uh, into that. Yeah. Sorry, there's not enough carnage, although we'll get to that in a minute because I <sighs> felt like certain moments I was like, Jesus, pull the reins back, Bowser. Anyway. Yeah. But uh, overall, uh, when I went there, we uh, we got there by the skin of our teeth, four o'clock on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone was in the theater. But we we made it, and uh, everyone was uh, very uh, respectful of the uh, the movie. And you would be surprised that you have a theater full of kids. Yeah, that it would be the other way. Right. But uh, no, I think uh, once again. My daughter and I were the loudest ones in our section. Uh, there was something that just took us. It, it just tickled us, and we were laughing uh, uncontrollably. Right. Um, but overall, it, it you know you got to hear it, you got to see what was going on. There was no pee breaks because hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. Uh, I I like going to the movies with my kid. Yeah. Same here. And I, I enjoyed the experience. I took both by kids and they were super pumped, especially my son, um, who is all about Mario. I uh, over the pandemic, I got a, a, a phone case for my phone. And on the back of it was basically like kind of like a, a retro game thing. It was kind of like a Game Boy. And I would play Mario and they would watch me play and then they would play a little bit and try to do that stuff and get into the game. So it started there. And then they, my son went through all the TV shows. He watched the Captain Lou Albano ones. He watched the, the huh. animated stuff. He's all on uh Tubi and all these other ones that have all the old stuff uh, that he enjoys. Uh, and then um, right before we went, I bought them uh, the game life, the board game life, but the super Mario edition of that and they've been playing it nonstop at the behest of my son. So they are into it. They got into it and yeah, they had a, a really good team, a really good time, except um, when like the turtle skeletons come out of the ground and some of the like scary kind stuff in the dark forest or what have you, like that kind of got to my six and eight year old a little bit, but outside of that, I think they, they bounced back quite nicely. Uh, Shane, how about you? What was your experience, bud? Well, I went by myself because uh, I didn't feel like taking a small loan out to take my kids to the movies again. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, trench coat. I, Did you wear the trench coat this time? <laughs> I, I, I left that back this time. I, I I used my duster. I bought my duster out. <laughs> there you go. So, so we cool. went. I went Friday to like a <laughs> early or late afternoon, like three ish kind of show, and it was packed. I mean, yeah. it was packed. And I heard the guy said. The ticket guy said it's pretty much sold out all day. I'm like, really? Yeah. Because yeah. as we said before, this is in our wheelhouse. Like, yeah, your kids play it and stuff. But like, like this is kind of is for like, yes, it is for kids. But like, it's for our age group as well. Like, yeah. this is what we grew up on. And it's been over 30 years since we had a Mario Brothers movie, per se, if you want to call that one a movie. Um, <laughs> you mean the first one, the <laughs> dystopian nightmare? <laughs> yes. But I 
I probably like this movie more than I should. Yes, the plot is ridiculously thin, oh, but God, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, for me, it was fun. I like the soundtrack. I love the voice work. Uh, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. I, and it was fan service, and it kind of hit you over the head with it a little bit with, like, the Kid Ic- with him playing Kid Icarus, and you had all mm-hmm. the Easter eggs in there. I enjoyed it, though. Like, I enjoyed it, and it didn't feel overly long for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, they're probably going to make a second one based on oh, the, yeah. the box office oh, returns yeah. of this. But, no, I had a good time. I took it for what it was because, let's be honest, it's two plumbers in pipes. Like, <laughs> what kind of plot do you want this movie to have? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's got to be a simple movie, and it worked for the most part for me. Like, I did. I had a good time. Is it as good as, like, Teen Titans go to the theaters? No. Is it as good as, like, Wreck-It Ralph? No. But it's a good time anyway. And the animation, I think, was the thing that stuck out for me the most because it is a gorgeous movie to watch. It I is. mean, colorful. Oh, yeah. Illumination crushed it. And they usually do. I mean, for how much you may or may not like the Minion series, the Guru series, whatever you want to call it, those movies look amazing. And, and, and they keep getting these high value properties, and they're just printing money right now and like i said this one absolutely dominated the weekend it got to the point like i don't know when they did this but around me and obviously chris is still around me but like Mm -hmm. at one point they started the showings at 10 a.m and they were going like 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 you know rush hour train schedules where it was like every 15 minutes they had a new mario uh about ready to play it was so crazy because they had the imax taken up they had the the regular 2D showings and all the like other type of fancy like pristine stuff in between. So I don't know, man. This uh, like it, it's no doubt it made money because every showing I saw was half to three quarters filled, and there was like twenty five showings in a day. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Uh, big on the uh, the 3D, so I was kind of avoiding that. Right. <clears throat> but like I said, we got there by the skin of our teeth. Uh, we went for the four o'clock show and we got stuck in the line of uh concession line. Yeah. And we got into the theater like maybe almost 10 after mm-hmm. and the uh, previews were still going. So it was just like, okay, we didn't miss much. And I think having that tack on to a movie, any movie. Yeah. Uh, it does seem like a long time. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think we got like three or four, trailers before the actual movie oh and at least. you know of course you know live is just like I, i'm not interested in that i'm here for the main feature sure but yeah i mean the peter the theater was packed the uh lobby was packed yeah and i was just I, like this is like four o'clock on a saturday like this should have already been done with yeah it's almost dinner right. time people should be gone yeah. and yeah, yeah I, I i was just shocked like i Thought he would do okay over the weekend, but like the numbers that it's pulling in, I am flabbergasted. Like I really yeah. am. Like I did not expect it to be this massive of a freaking hit. So, and this is a movie that's going to be very rewatchable for that age level. I'm telling yes. you, it's going to have strong legs. Like I, you know, yeah. we're talking about 204 million domestic opening weekend. I can see this if it makes a a billion domestic. That's that's incredible. Um, that's that's like um, I think the first Gru movie, maybe level or more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if this tops Maverick, which it should, like on all levels. <laughs> this is the thing too. Like most of these type of movies were pulled from the theaters because Disney kept putting stuff straight to Disney Plus. So now it's like this huge event thing that's a four-quadrant movie that's just touching every bit of the family experience from the parents and the adults and everybody in between. Even my parents were like, cool, because, you know, the mid-'80s, my, my parents were in their 30s, so and they saw us get the early Nintendos and played along and did whatever. So it's like, that's not outside of the realm of possibility either. So even the grandparents are like, yeah, forget it. Let's go see Mario, you know, because it's it's just this cultural touchstone that's everybody. So this mm-hmm. movie could just keep going and going. And I don't think there's another, quote, kid product, probably until Little Mermaid in the middle of 
mid to late May. Ugh. Mm. So, and even yeah. then, that's not exactly geared towards boys. And, you know, my son, who, you know, is all about it and wants to play Mario Kart every time we're in the arcade and all this stuff, this is the movie. So I can see that him asking, I think he already asked me if we could see it multiple times. My daughter might have even the same way. So that's incredible uh, for a movie like this because I don't remember the last time uh, a kid's movie did that. Usually it's like a big weekend, you know, like Moana is like still the biggest thing on Disney Plus. So like, was was Moana that big? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, I was just going to say that uh, I think also having the uh, controversy of of Chris Pratt being uh, the voice of Mario, like I, I think that happened it way did before. Nothing to slow it down. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think it it was on people's minds uh, even before we saw like the first trailer. You know, uh, people yeah. were like up in arms, and I don't understand it. You know, it's voice work. It's it's. You know, oh, yeah. what do you want a, a true Italian to play it? Do you want him to be problematic and and have that a broken right. accent? You know, it's like you, <laughs> yeah. you can't make both sides happy, right? And uh, right. and I do find I don't know if you guys heard this, but uh, in the movie, it seems like his accent would come and go uh, throughout a little bit, and especially because they early on with the commercial being like that really yes. hammy version that we're used to. Yeah. That they kind of tongue in cheek was like, oh man, what the hell? That crazy stereotype. What's with the accent? And then kind of went from there, where he kind of toned it down and did, you know, a pretty straight version. And then would even lose that from time to time. So yeah. it wasn't that big a deal. And and Charlie Day, you know, I think he Charlie fits Day. pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he he just played himself. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't that big a deal. And if I think it kind of fit because I liked the. The high voice Charlie Day, as opposed to the lower voice, uh, you know Chris Pratt, so that at least worked side by side. I thought they had good chemistry, so yeah. I'm not going to complain about that aspect of it. And I thought Anya yeah. Taylor Joy killed it as Peach and Jack Black. I think even if people didn't like the trailer, which I didn't really like the trailer to be honest, like, but Jack Black as Bowser makes complete sense, and he mm-hmm. crushed it. Every time he was on the screen and doing that, I still am singing the Peaches song over and over yeah. in my head. So, and they knew what they had with the extra credit scene, doing it again with the little version yeah. and everything else. So, this was smart. And the only things that didn't make sense to me, and I, <laughs> I said it to people when I got home, I was like, "Why are all the Kongs Jewish?" Like, it, it didn't make sense. Of like, so. You know, obviously Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong, the father. And, like, he does it as almost like he's, like, a New York Jewish person. Like, as, like, he's, like, Larry David being Cranky Kong. And I was like, what are we doing? And it felt like everybody was talking in some kind of, like, New York Jewish accent. I was like, okay, that's a choice. (laughs) Did you guys feel the same or am I just too close to it? Because I have those type of people in you, my life yeah you might be a little close to it i did notice fred armistead's like voice yeah. like you said uh but yeah i picked up on that but i didn't really give it much thought but those were my favorite scenes of the movie was the whole anytime kong and mario were on the screen together yeah those are my favorite parts of the movie like those are my yeah. favorite scenes yeah i had a little issue and i know like the, the plot of the movie is, is he has to go find luigi i just thought luigi was sidelined for too much of the movie, Agreed. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to see a little bit of Luigi because honestly, I played with that character the most when I play Mario Brothers. I didn't play with stupid Mario. I played with Luigi. I'm a <laughs> yeah. Luigi guy. Well, not only so, that, like if you had brothers, a lot of times I had an older brother. I was never Mario. So like I had right. to enjoy yep. being uh, Luigi and like it, you know? So, but I agree with you. I thought the same thing, especially because I like that. Uh, playoff of Pratt and Day that worked mm-hmm. really well. Uh, if anybody is the loser in this movie, it's the uh, borough of Brooklyn who is just underwater and then it's like, whoops, we got to go in this pipe now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that you guys are underwater. <laughs> I love that whole experience where it's like, yep, okay, we're going to go save Brooklyn, guys. All right. Oh, crap. Why, Luigi fell down this pipe. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, and then they go back and Brooklyn's just fine. I'm like, well, apparently yep. they don't need you. <laughs> there, there was cones. There was cones in the road. So, you know. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe that's why there were so little people on the streets is that they all drowned and it turned into like a big thing. <laughs> just sorry. Brooklyn's dead now. Um, well, got as dark as the uh, the skeletal remains chasing after Luigi. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about. Can we talk about the existential dread star that was locked up with them? Oh my god, I was dying. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's what was, we were laughing at. Well, that's what yeah, I was laughing at. So loud. the whole theater was laughing. Anytime that star would talk, the yeah. theater would just erupt. Like oh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, well, I think I wrote it down. Yeah, the only way it out is the sweet release of death. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. it's a Mario movie. <laughs> I, I I have to look it up. I got to find out who that kid is. That that is the sweetest voice to give us impending doom. Yeah, but and is the that whole penguin? Is that from a game? Like, is that star I supposed to be like, something? You know, you're you're all locked up. You're you're no, all gonna die. To, yeah, I kept trying to figure it out, but I couldn't place it from any video game. I thought maybe it was like part of one of the Mario games, but I, yeah. I couldn't figure it out. But I love the penguins' reactions to the to, the, to that star character. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know, but like, w- there are a lot of times in this movie where I was like, "Woof!" Like uh, when Bowser's whole thing is, "I'm going to kill Luigi," like putting it in playing language. I was like, "Wow!" Right. A lot of movies don't do that, especially movies aimed at you know the younger age range. So that I found pretty crazy. How did you guys feel about like some of the more I think some of my favorite scenes, and maybe this says something to you, Shane, too, as you're like the the Donkey Kong stuff, too. But I liked it when they did like referential stuff where it's like <laughs> I felt like Rainbow Road was like Mad Max, like almost the whole time. Like they were almost really trying to make it seem like that, especially with some of the vehicles and everything. And then oh, yeah. um, at one point uh, with Bowser and the and the sacrifices of the people to the lava. It got very Temple of Doom for like a long stretch of this movie that I was like, okay. And so in my head, I was like, all right, is Toad short round and Mario's Indiana Jones <laughs> and Peach is Kate Capshaw now? And like, I just kept like going, all right, and Bowser's the the cult leader guy, the Amum Shabai guy. Like, I was like, all right, let's do the whole thing, please. Let's just do it. But um, I don't know. I liked some stuff like that. And, you know, for a movie, I was just like, you know, this year we've talked about it. It's full of like three star movies that like just, you know, tickle you in some way that you're like, ah, I can't hate you, you know, no matter right. what. Like, and this one, it's the same thing. And, and, and even up against some of those other three star movies, there are things that I'll remember that stick with me from this movie that maybe those other movies didn't, where maybe they're a little better quality movies. But this one, you know, like I said, the Peaches song sticks in my head. There's uh, the, like those things that we were just talking about, the Rainbow Road stuff and the Temple of Doom kind of stuff and some of the Easter eggs, you know, um, and even the post credit stuff. My kids are still talking about, ooh, the, the Yoshi egg. I wonder what they're going to do with that. So, well, spoiler, I don't give a shit. But um, <laughs> it's a kid's movie, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I think uh, this movie is basically what you guys were saying. Like it's... It's just fun enough and it's just good enough that it's going to make a truckload of money and make families happy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, um, I did like that scene you're talking about when they were making their cars, designing their cars. And yeah. I love the soundtrack to this movie too. Like, I love that Thunderstruck yeah. was used when they were yeah. doing the car scene. Yeah. I love the whole go kart scene. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. Like, again, enough fan service for me. But like, like you said, Andrew, I kept going back and forth. I'm like, it's not as good as Wreck-It Ralph. It's not as good as this. I like it yeah. more than the Minion movies. I, I'm sorry. I'm just not a fan of the, the Minion movies at all. Right. Um, but no, it's it's a decent enough movie that I do want to see it again. I'll, maybe not in the theater, but I do want to watch it again for stuff I may have missed the first time I was there. Yeah. Because I do think there was probably more Easter eggs that I missed out on uh, watching the movie. And that was fun for me. So... You know, I had a good time. And Chris, you were talking about controversy. I mean, what movie recently also was controversial coming through and made a bunch of money that was a uh, video game too? Sonic. 
Like Sonic, yeah. they were like, oh my god, this movie looks like trash. The CGI is awful. What the hell is that? Does Sonic have a dick? What is this? Like, it was a very <laughs> odd-looking thing. And then all of a sudden, that movie makes a truckload of money and has sequels. So I think we're in the same boat yeah. here, where it's like, yeah, fine, Chris Pratt doesn't sound like Mario, but it's enough, and people just have fun with it, and you're probably going to see many of these movies. Seth Rogen was mentioning a spinoff of one of the Kong characters he wants to do. So, yeah. You know I think what's you're happening. Right. So I think you'll see multiple projects from Mark. I think they'll develop more like this. Let's go as uh, the Legend of Zelda. Let's bring that to the bit. You know what I mean? Let's go. Let's Dude, I was up. That's the first thing I was thinking about when this movie ended. I was like, should I be writing a Duck Hunt movie that's like, you know, anti-gun <laughs> or something and somehow make that work out? Or, oh, you know, like Kirby's Dreamland. Am I doing a whole universe? Like, I, I just kept thinking, like, there's got to be a million of these characters and they're all up for grabs and to be honest i was thinking about if the the new mcu the mario cinematic universe like are we doing a wario standalone anti-hero movie are we doing a uh you know who's gonna lead into who is there some kind of avengers thing for like the mario kart are we gonna now that fast and the furious which by the way they played the trailer before us and i was like that's very smart that's so smart though like the mario kart bros i'm like this is mario kart now they're just fucking just dropping you know uh cars on out of helicopters on people and shit it's like it's basically rainbow bridge whatever but the uh i was thinking okay so are they going to lead into some larger group up movie with a bunch of different Nintendo characters? Like, is it going to turn into the Avengers? Chris, do you think I'm crazy or do- I think no, that's going to happen? No, you're not crazy. I, I'm saying you're a little late to the game because they probably have a room full of people going, saying the same oh, thing that yeah. you're saying. They probably like, oh, well, uh, but if we, this movie, do didn't we have make- that? No, no, yeah. but it did. I think it made a lot of things got greenlit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there. So, uh, I think Jack was saying that uh, he would be uh, happy to do Bowser. You know, a, a, a separate movie with uh, just Bowser as the lead. Uh, you know right. the, what Shane was saying before that. You know, Seth wants to do a Donkey Kong movie. You know, they're they they built this studio on the Minions, and look at yeah. how much they have of that. You know, they got the Despicable Me and its sequels. You have the side uh, stories of prequels and sequels and side things. It's just, we're inundated. And, you know, uh, the only people who uh, have to be catered to are the kids that will keep on going to them. Right. No, for sure. And I, like I said, I think it's just going to keep going and going. We're probably going to get sick of it, unfortunately, yes. uh, before it gets any better. But I'm hoping now that they know what they have, I'm hoping that there is a better script out there, that somebody's going to do a little better by this. Even though, yeah. yes, uh, as I agree with Shane, it's like, yes, there are two plumbers from Brooklyn. How much more are we going to do with this? And to be honest, there hasn't been anything good, really, like – to this point i mean my like i said my son watched all of the the super show with captain lou albano and stuff like those things are ridiculous they're awful but like you know it's nostalgia so you sit there and watch it but like yeah obviously the the john leguizamo and bob hoskins movie is notoriously you know Mm. one of the worst movies of all time and then um you know there there hasn't been anything since because of that bad taste in your mouth and now they have a green light to make a bunch of stuff, and we'll see. We'll see. And I would imagine, you know, because Peach is a big part of this movie, I could see them doing a whole Peach movie, too. Like, uh, there's a whole bunch of things you could do. But, you know. Well, that was, that was the thing, though. Like, uh, if you think about it, the video game, the side-scroller, was Mario had to save the princess. Right. Now, the princess in this movie has been replaced by luigi right and you know he has to go from a to b to get there right um so they got an a plus on plot there um (laughs) right but yeah overall it's just like yeah if they can come up with you know if they can expand more on what they got from this into something like a little more cohesive then oh my god they'll rake in the the dough like you wouldn't believe 
Oh, yeah. This movie was clearly just let's show as many worlds as we can. Let's have as many Easter eggs as we can. Let's just make this as fun as we can. And then we'll worry about plot stuff and whatever later. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I look forward to more of it. Um, did you guys get anything out of the post credit thing? Do you think that Yoshi is the next adventure? Like, because he's clearly a character that I think kids would go crazy for. Well, they certainly set it up. I mean, you saw his little cameo in one of the scenes. I forgot what scene it was, but you saw Yoshi himself, like, at yeah. some point in the movie. That's what I and thought. Then, and then you had the post credit scene. You right. did. Yoshi was visible for about a split second. Right. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, no. When it's all said and done, as long as I get my Metroid movie, I'm good. <laughs> get Metroid greenlit. Let's get rolling with Samus. And <laughs> Mega let's Man. go. Mega Man. Yeah, Mega Man. Prior. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's go. But, uh yeah, Yoshi seems like the next logical step, so we'll, we'll kind of see. Like I'm sure, like like Chris said, they got like they're probably already working on the script as we speak. <laughs> as the money keeps yeah. rolling in, it's like, all right, we're we're getting this thing going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, Sonic did really well, and they made mm-hmm. multiple movies, and they revived other uh, uh, animated projects. Because, like, it seems like Netflix has a new Sonic show, like, every week (laughs) or something. Uh, And my son watches all of them. So, you know, I'm sure if they did something like that here, they'll they'll just keep doing the same thing. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked if Netflix, like, scooped up some of the old animated shows (laughs) off of Tubi or whatever and tried to to put them on there and get them right right in front of the kids as well. Um, So do we want to do scores and then we can move on to Tetris? Let's do it. Score it up. All right. I think, again, I'm I'm baffled by Letterboxd once more that this is a three and a half because I'm like, okay, really? That seems a little high for me. Like, my my head wants to give it lower than a three because I know this plot is so thin, but my heart is telling me, you're an idiot, you're a dad, just give the thing a three and move on. So I'm giving it a three and moving on. I echo that I was <laughs> because I had fun and I, that's the point of going to the movies sometimes just to have fun with this character I grew up with. I gave it a three. I couldn't give it anything less than, than a three. I almost went three and a half. I really did. Really? But yeah, I really, I was this close, but um, I just couldn't do it because again, I don't care about the plot of this movie, but it was paper thin. So I, I had to at least give it a three. Yeah, it's funny, and you were, of the three of us, you weren't the one sitting next to your child looking at their reactions, too. So that's a pure you response. That's amazing, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, how about you? Because I was next to my child, I want to give this the highest score that I can. Uh A three. I'll go with a three as well. Yeah. Um, And not because you talked us into it. Uh, No, uh, because of what we said. You know, it was entertaining enough. It was, you know, paper thin as the uh, video game plot was. But now here here on the big screen, it didn't really uh, beef up any. Yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, I had fun and, uh, you know, I got a little uh, little video uh, sesh with my uh, my kid. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, three, three is fine for this type of movie. Because yeah. like Shane said, Wreck-It Ralph, like, my God, that... That had me go through so many emotions. Sure. Like, I, I got welled up at the end of Wrecker Ralph. Did I get welled <laughs> up in this? No. No, I didn't. Right. Yeah, I didn't. No. It, do- it doesn't really go for the emotions. That is true. No. So, yeah, to me, this is a, a four-star animated performance. It's a two-star plot performance, so it's a three-star movie. So I yeah, think that's pretty go. much how you how you justify it. Um, but the next movie, because we just are loaded right now with not only 80s stuff, but also, you know, Nintendo products. Tetris uh, came out, what is, it's been out for a couple weeks now on uh, yeah. Apple TV+. Plus. This is starring Taron Edgerton as Hank Rogers, directed by John S. Baird and written by Noah Pink. Uh, this is based on the true events around the race to license and patent the video game Tetris in the late 1980s during the Cold War. So you see a lot of Russia. You see a lot of uh, it's a lot of globe trotting, to be quite honest. Um, but we do spend a lot of time in Mother Russia there. Um, the scores are pretty favorable. 82 Rotten Tomato score with an 88 Rotten Tomato audience score. 
a three and a half letter box. So to me, if you're telling me Tetris is as good as Super Mario Brothers, I need to talk to the people who are at Letterbox. Um, and it's a 7.4 IMDb and a 61 Metascore. So this movie, I got to tell you, I mean, uh, some people before I watch it, they kind of leaned in heavier saying it was felt like, a you know, a, a Russian Cold War spy thriller. I'm like, eh, that's a little much. It's not. Uh, but. It is really, really watchable, though. And I think, slowly but surely, I know this is maybe late in the game, but I don't know. I liked Taron Edgerton to this point. I really liked the first Kingsman movie. The second one is fine. It was entertaining, but it's it's not anywhere near the first one. But, you know, that movie, he's not... He could be a little annoying at times in it. Like, there's a weird arc in it, and... And to me, I was like, okay, I like Taron Edgerton. I'm not fully sold. And then slowly but surely, he's gotten more and more in our lives. And I liked him and liked him more. And then I watched him in Blackbird. And I thought that one really sold me on how amazing of an actor he is. And in this one, he is this movie. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. So he is just killing it right now. And I know, Shane, like you were saying, you're a big fan of Taron Edgerton, too. Um so why don't you speak on how did you feel about this movie? Okay, oh, no. where do I start with this movie? Yeah, where do I start with this movie? Um, I I'm a big fan of his, but for some reason, there were scenes in this movie where I just he felt greasy and it almost <laughs> gave me like just chills, like ugh, like get away from me, man. Like the whole dance thing when they, when he got taken to the Russian club, yeah, and he kept like trying to like dance with the guy, like it just was weird to me. Like I, it took me a while to wrap my head around his character. Right. I don't know if it was the mustache <laughs> or what was going on. He was he was this movie. Now, admittingly, I didn't grow up playing. I I didn't play Tetris. Like I gave two squirts about Tetris uh, when I was. It was at, my, my most Nintendo addictive age. game. <laughs> I'm in uh, the tank I, for you know, big Tetris. Yeah, I know. I was more of like a Zelda Mario. But anyway, but this movie, I thought I had pacing issues with this movie. This movie, to me, at two hours was a little on the long side. It started to wear on me as the film went along. I wanted to like this more than I did. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. But it just, I started getting bored with it. And that's a big sin for me. Like, I just started getting bored. Sure. And it's. I, I don't know if it's his character or I don't know. I just, I didn't connect with this movie when I watched it the first time. So here's the thing. I think you and I are going to say very similar things. And I think it's just the tone of voice <laughs> that we're going to say it in. Cause my, my issues with this movie is that I think some of the, the scenes are a little repetitive um, mm-hmm. because we, by nature it is. Cause it's kind of like a negotiation that slowly happens over time. And I think that um, if you want to really dig into Taron Edgerton's character, Hank, I mean, the motivations for him seem a little not at odds with each other. Like, you don't really feel like you know know him besides he's motivated to succeed. And, right. you know, mileage may vary on a character like that, of course. And, you know, they try to integrate, like, his family stuff, but that doesn't really work for me in this movie. Mm -hmm. But I think the highs of this movie when they're, you know, being followed, when they're dealing with the Russians and all the the backdoor dealings and the people in England and seeing those guys and everything else, I was way more into that um, at the highest highs of part of that. So it got me through the runtime of this movie just based on that alone. And, and trying to go back and forth with this story. And I thought, I was impressed that they kind of found this story and that they mm-hmm. really uh, made it into something cinematic enough to really to tell it. Uh, Chris, how did you feel about it, bud? <coughs> Bored. Wow. It was so boring. Oh, wow. my God. They give you so much information to start. I think what you guys were saying is repetitive. You know, yes, it's negotiations, but my God, it's not going from room to room. It's going from continent to continent. 
It's like, you know, right. where were we here? We got to go over here. Here's paper. Here's litigation. Here's this. Here's that. Here's backstabbing. Here's I was not lost, but I was just like, what's the point? We know the end result is we got to play Tetris in 89. Um, <laughs> it was more addictive than I will say Candy Crush, and I am a Candy Crusher. But Tetris mm. is so simple and it was you know russia was tetris out even before we even got to hurt hear about it but it was just right. like okay we understand that he literally bet his house on having this uh he's dealing with this group he's dealing with that group and i'm just like okay what okay we get it we get it. Oh, twist. This person is really this person. Okay. This person's, uh, uh, he's not respected by his father, so he's going to teach his father a what for. I'm just like, okay. The only thing I liked, really, like that really solidified, oh, this is good, is the, the follow-up of what happened to these people at the end. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, good. Yeah. That happened there? Oh, that happened there. Good. All right. Something a Wikipedia could have just solved. I didn't have to spend two hours right. watching this. Whoa. But, uh, you know, listen, I say that, but I didn't exactly hate it. Right. So I, I think it elevates above a Wikipedia entry. I mean, because uh, some people, to me, in Does my it? life, they already knew this story and they still, yeah, I think so. And I think the yeah. reason is really Taryn Egerton. Because he elevates that character to where, like I said, if I thought more than twice about it, I'm like, why do I, why am I following this character? If anybody in this movie is someone you should be rooting for, and I do, is the creator of the game and how that ends up happening for him and his yeah. family. And that's really the drama, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that drama is enough. To sell the movie to make say, him the main focus versus Taron. Yeah, Edgerton. we we should have had him. Right. Then we would have had that emotional connection. But overall, right. he I, was just like you know a MacGuffin. Like here's the well, guy that got screwed out of this deal. And right. his dad. But, but uh, the thing about his dad and how Russia treated his family yeah. over the years. I think there's a lot Russia of meat on terrible. that bone. But I don't know if they get even a 90 minute if he's the focus. So I understand right. why they did it, but. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. I almost want to see a reworked version, but I, I, I still got enough out of this movie. No, the Alexi character is probably my favorite parts of the movie. Like you said, the, the I every scene he was in, I liked. I liked the car chase scene when he finally picked them up in this yeah. small little car. And, yeah. You know, it went, to, it went into like the little 8-bit kind of yeah, video Yeah, I did game like those little touches. Sometimes it was yeah. a little much, but yeah, I did like those touches. I, I liked it. I liked his character. Um, and yeah, just gave you like we all know Russia from the 80s, but it kind of like hits you a little bit like, man, man, these people live fucked up. Like, yeah. the, I remember the scene where it's like they're waiting in line to get bread or meat and the guy comes out is like, yeah, we're out of food. Yeah, tough shit. We're out of food. Like, yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it does give you like a good perspective of what it was like to be in Mother Russia in the 80s that Rocky Ford didn't give you. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, the there were no dancing bears. I was very upset. <laughs> right. The Alexi stuff works for me. Them trying to shoehorn Egerton's family dynamic in there, like you said, was a total misfire, in my opinion. And if they weren't in the movie at all, it wouldn't have made a difference to the movie. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, his wife being in the company, you kind of had to put something in there. Right. But I don't I don't get the allure of especially with how it panned out of the, the thing with his daughter and missing stuff at home. It's like, yeah. The, the deal, this is the juice. You don't need the guilt of him not being home because he comes home a millionaire. Spoiler alert, Tetris works. Um, you know, yeah. so, uh, you know, and makes, like you said, Chris, we know that we played a bunch of Tetris in 1989. Yeah. So there's there's a story here, but we also but really kind of know the ending. So there was uh, also no pushback from his wife. She was like along his yeah. side. She was like, yeah, do this thing. Yeah. You know, but this one time that you were supposed to be around for your daughter's recital, yeah, you know, it's just like you, uh, you're a, you're a monster. Like, and which, to be down. honest, he was already a salesman who was all over the place. 
Like he's yes. he's in Vegas at the beginning of the movie at a trade show. Like clearly he travels for business a ton. So I'm sure he's missed more than one recital before. <laughs> let's let's put yeah. that in perspective. So yeah, I think there are aspects of this movie that don't work. But that's why I said like from the start, I think that's why I'm so impressed with Edgerton here because he is the face of this movie. His character is flawed or inconsistent or however you want to play it. And yet I was engrossed. Sorry, Mr. Board Guy. I was engrossed for long stretches <laughs> of this movie that I was just like, man, bored. this is getting out of control. This is crazy. So I don't know. I enjoyed myself for a streaming movie, uh, which, again, I, I, I we're, we all didn't see the movie. I think only I did. I saw Air over the weekend, which is another 1985 uh, time capsule movie of, uh, you know, telling a business story and how that kind of unravels, too. And Tetris versus Air, they're, they're very similar in a lot of ways in the way they kind of construct the story. So uh, I, I'm really interested to see what you guys think when you guys get a hold of it. But to me, I think they're very even. And yet... Air seems to be getting like, you know, because it's Damon and Affleck, I think they're getting mm -hmm. a lot more respect for that story and there's stars up and down. But I think that's why I'm impressed so much by Taron here because this movie is really just him. There's not other stars here like Toby Jones is in it. Woohoo. You know, like other <laughs> than that, it's a lot of people who aren't, there are kind of character actors, people we don't really see a lot. So. That's why I, I'm impressed, and I think that's why it deserves, you know, the the limited acclaim because it is an Apple TV Plus movie that it's been getting. So that's my feelings on Tetris. Um, I'm scared to ask scores, but we always do it, so let's do it. Uh, I agree with the Letterbox score. I think this is a three and a half. Uh, okay, Chris, you go this time, but I went last time. Oh yeah, uh, two and a half. Two and a half. All right. Oh well, I agree with you. Uh, I gave it a two and a half. Um, wow! Like again, I didn't. Ha I didn't hate it. No, I didn't. Ha no. I didn't hate it. You guys, I, I watched talking. it. I get it. You fucking weirdos. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> You're in the tank for Mother Russia, you bastards. I am pro-American. <laughs> That's what's happening here. I, I love sure, the hammer. Sure. And I love the hammer and sickle, brother. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. No. Yeah, Fuck let's go. Yankee yeah, blue jeans. <laughs> Thanks for the yeah. Levi's. <laughs> yeah, I uh, no, it's two and a half again. Like I, I like Egerton a lot, and but for some reason I just, it's just the pacing of this movie kind of bothered me. All right, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that the KGB. I was waiting for them to kill somebody in this movie. I'm so shocked, right? yeah, that yeah. the KGB did not like kill they him. They punched one person. At, yeah, at some <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah, you know that one really shocked me. But anyway, uh, two and a half. Yeah, I think they were playing it more cold than scary, but yeah. Right. At that point in the Gorbachev era was a little different. If you went a little before or sometime after, like now, it's a little little different. But hey, they needed them alive for business. So who knows? Yeah, but you could have killed off someone else, you know, or or made it like uh made it implied that that person's not around anymore. You didn't have to see right. it. Yeah. You know? I, I'm you know, Just again like, though hey, where's where's Bob? Because <laughs> these people are alive, and we saw the after story, so you couldn't like drum up some. But I'm curious right. to know how close to the actual story it is of what went on. So uh, if a lot of these people, and it seems like they're all still very much alive and have stories to tell, and probably had you know pieces of this story in books, biographies of these people, and whatever else. So I'm sure there's a lot of information out there. Whether it's all truthful, we'll see. But I, I'm I'm sure it's pretty close. Spoiler alert, someone's not alive. <laughs> Who's not alive? Uh was it the, the the senior Maxwell? Oh, is he dead? I, I didn't realize they said he is uh, Oh, he, well, I know he left. He died under different uh, under uh, suspicious Oh, that's right. That's right. Son, that's right. I forgot about that part. His son Good was kind of implicated in it, but Yeah, you right. know he got off, but yeah. 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 So, I yeah. It's like, "Ooh, interesting. I want to hear that story." I know. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of little touchstones for a very boring movie. Anyway, so um, I'm just going to keep thing, drumming that up. One just thing. Gonna, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, you like terrible movies. Go ahead. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so anything else on these things? Anything uh, else over the weekend you, or something you're looking forward to? Because we got a 
a kind of a odd April to go here. Um, Renfield is the, the big one this week, I guess. And this week, yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, there's not there's not a lot of excitement, but we are still kind of keeping an eye on TV as well. Um, with Barry starting this weekend, Chris, you can finally uh, not watch oh, the trailer fine. and watch the show now. Oh. That would be great. Sweet release. That for is you. a relief. Yeah. Um, so there's that. The schedule. You're gonna, you're gonna laugh, but I'm gonna go see Renfield Thursday. But I also want to see Paint. Interesting. Yeah, it's out limited right now. It's already out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is it is it around uh, Hollywood South where you are? It actually is. It has one showing a day yep. at one fifty. So that might be my Saturday movie. Hey, yeah. I hope it lasts, man, because some of those movies just vanish into the ether. I know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the Covenant. You know, Shane, you said you that you're looking oh, forward to that as yep. well. Um, Evil Dead Rise. People are saying that it's good, but people also told me that that Evil Dead remake was good, and I didn't like that at Ugh. all. So yeah, no. Um, nope. I'm gonna wait on that one probably a little bit. We'll see. Because again, uh, it's it's a weird month. Maybe I'll actually go out and check out Dungeons and Dragons, which I think Shane saw and enjoyed I did, yeah. at some level. So there's that. Um, yeah. And Bo is afraid. We were talking about that off mic, uh, the new Joaquin Phoenix movie there. Um, but yeah, and then it's I'm I'm not really like full on like, yeah, let's go until Guardians uh in early May. So and even then, May, I'm not into Fast X. I don't care about the Little Mermaid, so May's gonna be no. tough too. So um let's all hang tight. Let's let's uh let's watch a lot of Barry. <laughs> let's uh you know really get back into the tv swing um also i was uh a guest of the mike mike and oscar podcast uh over the weekend and that episode is out i was talking netflix movies for for 2023 and what ones might have a chance at maybe some oscar glory at the end of this year so tune into that check out that show it's a very good show i love those guys uh been on a guest on there for years now and they were uh, guests on my old podcast as well. Um, also check out uh, my articles on what's on Netflix.com, my latest uh, writings on Chupa, the family film that uh, is not going to rival Super Mario Brothers whatsoever, but they tried to pull off some uh, Amblin in Mexico kind of stuff with uh, Alfonso Coron's son who co-wrote Gravity. That's his movie. So check that out. Check out my review and uh, see if we end up on the same page with that one as well. Uh, anything else, fellas, before we wrap this up? No, that's all I got, brother. All right. Well, hope you had a, a good holiday weekend for those who celebrate. And obviously, do us a little bit of a solid and uh, give us that five-star review. Subscribe, do the whole thing, and return for more recent activity. <laughs>